Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them across the UK. This story was told by Errol. At our night at the Brixton Ritzy, when the theme was Journeys. Thank you. Okay, um, I wouldn't say this is a happy story. And um, this story is, is mostly about a friend of mine. Um, Carl, um, who went on an unexpected trip. And the reason I tell this story is because I was there to see him off and I almost went with him. Um, so when I was younger, we're going back like 20 years now, I went to prison. Uh, I, was, I was innocent. I shouldn't have gone there. Actually, I'm lying. This is meant to be true stories, isn't it? I was guilty. I mean... <laughs> Uh, so, so I've got to keep with the theme. You said true stories. Uh, I was guilty as hell. You know what I mean. So, um, and 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 um, um, that's why I met Carl. You know. So Carl was my cellmate, and we went to Her Majesty's prison, Wandsworth. I describe it as staying with the Queen, but those who know know. You know. So we were staying with the Queen, um, Her Majesty's prison, Wandsworth. And when we got in there, um, the prison is awash with drugs. There's uh, I had a conversation outside and we were told, um, listen, you don't have to tell weed stories, but I'm sorry, <laughs> this is a kind of hash story, well, drug story. So, you know, there's lots of hash inside the place, you know, you could always get something for the head. You could always get a nightcap, you know, and the, the guys who were coming off drugs, they were given drugs to help them come off drugs, which... It kind of works, I suppose, you know what I mean? But these drugs that they used to get, they used to sell it on the wing to people who weren't coming off drugs, but they just wanted to get a bit dizzy so they could go to sleep, you know what I mean? So hash was the thing, you know? So, you know, I indulged, you know? So um, I used to, every night, I used to want to make sure I get my two pieces of hash spliff, and they were they were tiny, you know. On the out, if that fell out on the, out of the end of a spliff, you wouldn't even bother picking it up, you know what I mean? But anyway, in there, you'd make three out of that little piece. Anyway, so I, I would get two a night, you know, and eventually, you'd get into a bit of debt, you know, because it was like a half ounce of tobacco for one spliff, you know what I mean? And eventually, because you was only allowed to spend like three pounds sixty in there, so of course you got into debt where every week you'd just be giving your whole canteen to this dealer whose name was Diesel. 
anyway, so the way that you'd survive is you'd get visits and you'd say to your loved ones, listen, come and visit me, you know what I mean? I really want you to visit. I miss you, but um, go and see Joe before you come, you know what I mean? You know, so... And, you know, there's ways of getting it in. So anyway, me and Carl, we was in debt. We was in debt up to the eyeballs. And the other thing is, Carl started to, to, to indulge in something else. He started to indulge in brown heroin. The reason he started to do that was he, he couldn't read, by the way. I used to read his letters to him. And one day he got a letter from his girlfriend who he was in there for beating up. You know what I mean? Well, he had a row with her. So that's what he was in there for. And she dumped him when he was in there. And he, one day we couldn't get any hash so he got some heroin and he said listen I just want to take this to take the edge off Errol and I said no don't do that we do, we're not doing brown but anyway he started to do it and he developed a habit I'm getting to the crux of the story so um so we was in debt we was in debt and we was in heavy debt because he was getting you know what I mean brown on tick on credit so he was getting a visit and because he was getting a visit, everything was going to be safe. He promised me he was going to get some hash and he was going to get some of his brown to pay off the dealers. So he came in and, um, I don't know if you know about Jerl and that, but there's a toilet there, you know what I mean? And I, I, can go in, I can go to the toilet in front of anybody nowadays because that's what you do, you know what I mean? The toilet was just there and you would just use the toilet. So he came in from his visit, he came rushing in, they locked the door for the night, you know, and he gets on the toilet and he does his thing and he comes out and then he's showing me something. And I stare in disbelief at this like tiny cling film wrap that my cellmate has just retrieved from his arsehole basically. I was like, bruv, what's that? And he says, oh yeah, yeah, it's just a bit of brown that my old girl brought up. His mum used to bring the gear up for him. His mum used to bring it, so anyway. Um, his mum never used to bring the heroin. She, she used to bring the hash. But this day, because she couldn't get any hash, she thought she won't come up empty-handed. So she got some heroin from his brother, who was a hardcore junkie. This is just how they lived, you know what I mean? <laughs> you probably don't know people like this. But anyway, so basically... Um, so he comes back and he hasn't got what he's meant to have. He's just got this little cling film wrap. So I'm saying, bruv, what's that? Where's, it? Where's the things? We're, we're in trouble, you know what I mean? He goes, bruv, yeah, my, my, the dealer didn't turn up to see my old girl, so that's all she... I said, yo, you know we're in trouble now, you know what I mean? And a lot of that's in my name. He goes, bro, easy, man, take it easy, because all he cares about is that he's going to hit this heroin. And I don't know if you know about junkies, but they don't give a fuck about anything else, you know what I mean? So the fact that we're going to to get what they used to do is put two snooker balls in a sock tight like that and bust your head open for it and they'll do that just for a little quarter ounce of tobacco you know what I mean because if you got into debt and you wasn't paying it you show respect anyway let me get to the point of the story uh, we're, get, we're getting to the journey yeah so anyway um he's looking for his bit of foil you know what I mean? And I'd been teaching him to read, as I said, and we was on Catching the Rye, and I knew that the foil was in Catching the Rye. But I was pissed off, so I didn't tell him, you know what I mean? And I'm just watching him as he's tearing out everything because he's looking for his bit of foil. Because he didn't inject it. What he used to do was pull it on some foil, put the lighter underneath it, put a straw or pen in his mouth, and they call it Chase the Dragon. So you burn it. 
listen, I don't want none of you doing this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're thinking, yeah, do that bit again. So he burns it, the smoke goes into his mouth, you know what I mean? And you know what I mean? And he, and he feels nice. I wouldn't touch it because I was not interested in that. I've always seen it dirty, but I wanted a spliff, man. And I didn't get a spliff because he promised me we was going to get some hash and we didn't have no hash and I was pissed off. And he goes, oh, it will go on, you might as well. And I'm saying, no, I don't want that. But I'm looking at him, I think, come on then. So I slumped down on the bed next to him. Now, remember, I've never touched this before, you know what I mean? But I'm in jail and I don't give a fuck and I'm pissed off because I can't get a split. Let's see what the fuss is about. So I show him where his bit of foil is. He finds it. He slumps down on the bed. I slump down next to him. He holds the thing. He puts the heroin in. He hits the lighter. He hits it and then he goes, mm, and he grabs my leg like this and he goes, mm, I get up. Carl, 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 what the fuck's wrong with you? Carl, Carl, no response. I kick the door, I hit the bell. We've got an emergency bell, which means that they might come within the next four hours, you know what I mean? So I hit the fucking bell. I'm banging the door. I'm going, governor, governor, because that's what you call the screws. They eventually come in in about an hour's time, pump his heart, drag him away, took him to the hospital, and that was his journey, because on the way there, he died. And um, I went on my journey as well because um, I couldn't stop crying, you know what I mean? Because like, you know what I mean? I used to breathe in this guy's fumes. I used to smell his shit every day, you know what I mean? He was like a friend of mine, you know what I mean? And I couldn't stop crying. And because I couldn't stop crying, I had something like six months of my sentence left and they let me out a week later. <laughs> so that was a good thing about it, you know what I mean? Then I went to the funeral. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening and... That's my journey. Sorry to get heavy. That was Errol. Next up is Dara with another story of journeys. Hello. Hi. Uh, my journey here, and I mean in, in my career and, and actually here on the stage in London, uh, started with a pastry, but it was a very special miracle pastry. Uh, many years ago, I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, uh, I was married. We had a flatmate. We were all wannabe actors and writers, and things weren't going very well, mostly because we were living in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> but um, my husband at the time and the flatmate, Todd, uh, they worked at a sort of hipster coffee shop, uh, the Bongo Java. And one morning... One of the Bongo employees came in, uh, first thing to open up, and he bought a cinnamon <coughs> bun for breakfast. And so he's just about to bite into the cinnamon bun, and he thought, oh, kind of looks like a mushroom. And then he turned it, or looks like Popeye. But at a different angle, it looks like Mother Teresa. So in his hand was the Mother Teresa cinnamon bun, which we then affectionately or, or confectionately started calling the nun bun. <laughs> and we kept asking people, like, who do you think this looks like? And everybody unanimously said, it looks like Mother Teresa. <laughs> I mean, there was no doubt. So we put it in the freezer until <laughs> it kind of got hard enough to put some shellac on it. So it was preserved forever. The nun bun. 
So we kind of enjoyed this. Todd built a shrine to it, <laughs> put little fairy lights around it, and we displayed it at Bongo Java in the, the case next to the unground coffee. Um, so we were kind of like enjoying having people come in and comment on the, the bun. And we decided, because you know we were actors and writers with nothing else to do, so we decided to make a documentary about it. So uh, we did. And it was a slow news week, so uh, it got picked up by the news. So within a week, Russ and Todd were doing radio interviews and television interviews with a nun bun all over the world. It was a news sensation. And so we thought, we got to capitalize on this. What are we going to do? Uh, so we started doing T-shirts. There was a bookmark with a bun addiction on it. <laughs> Slip into your Bible. I know the puns never stop. Uh, there was mugs. We were selling all kinds of things. People were driving in from all over America to see the Mother Teresa cinnamon bun. That's when we started getting hate mail because people thought we were making fun of Mother Teresa. It was like, no, we're celebrating her. Look, she's on a t shirt. We like her. So we decided, you know. This is our moment. This is it. We're going to move to LA. So we packed up the nun bun and we drove to LA taking pictures of us, in, you know, like with the world's largest ball of string and they're like, with a nun bun. All the way to LA. We had it in, on a shelf in our apartment in the living room. Um, we're trying to, you know, break in to the business. Um, I took it in when I was trying to get an agent. Uh, yeah, here's me. Here's my, uh, it's my resume, my headshot, and uh, the Mother Teresa cinnamon bun. It might be <laughs> interesting, maybe. Uh, and I did get an agent. Uh, I, Todd did as well. Russ got a writing job. So it kind of worked out. Lucky for all of us. I ended up at uh, Disney. Uh, Russ ended up as a writer for MTV, and Todd ended up as a, a series regular on Nashville, bringing it back full circle <laughs> where we all started. Uh, so it was a lucky little pastry for all of us. And Mother Teresa, well, she died a couple of years after the nun bun. And when they were having meetings to decide how she was going to sort of uh, deal with her successor and her charity and, and all of the nuns in Calcutta, um, she just was sort of laying out everything and they said, so what do you want to do about the nun bun? And she looked at her successor and smiled and said, tell those guys to find a pastry that looks like her. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening to Spark True Stories. If you love what we do, please help us spread the word by leaving us a review on iTunes. For more true stories and to see a live event, Head to stories.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.